Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And we are zooming in on what people are concerned about when it comes to sustainability. And this is where mental health has now entered the top 10 of sustainability concerns in the Asia-Pacific region. is ranked 7th in the latest rankings from Kanta's Sustainability Sector Index. And we have social concerns such as mental health on the rise this year alongside poverty as well as economic inequality. So that gives an indication of what businesses need to take note of as they go about operating in their various countries and markets. So to help us out, We've got Treslin Chan. She is the Head of Sustainability for Asia-Pacific at Kanta. Treslin, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me, Ryan. All right, lots to talk about, but let's start first with how mental health is becoming a bigger concern. We know it's been on the radar for quite some time, but this year has made a bit of a breakthrough. What's driving it? I think you know, there's wider, wider concerns you know, from an economic perspective, right? I mean, there is one from that. I think it's also driving the mental health challenges that we see in the region where inflation, ongoing rise in cost of living and across the region, whether you're in developed markets like Australia and Japan or in your developing countries like Thailand, Philippines and India, this is where I think, you know, it's, it's kind of pushing mental health, you know, further up that, uh, that channel. And, and then the other thing is, you know, the intersection, right, with environmental issues, right? So environmental has remained in our top concerns amongst uh, consumers in the region. Mm. And I think this also highlights that intersection one is economic, you know, uh, day-to-day challenges, but also the air pollution, water pollution, things that, you know, consumers and people in the region are battling and experiencing on a daily basis. So I think this really kind of brings that home this year, that these two kind of environmental sources really intersect. And, and it's really kind of for us to kind of move forward and say, what, do we, what can we do to really address that now, rather than, you know, kind of commenting mm. on it. Yeah, Treslin, so in the latest index, you've got it ranked at number seven for mental health. Give us an idea of how much of a concern it is these days. How much of a jump is it from the past? Um, so in the past, it was at ranked 11 in the region um, in 2022. So it has kind of jumped up. And if you take, and there are also nuances by markets. If you take Australia, is number one. You know, Philippines is number four. Japan is number five. So I think this gives you a sense of how that kind of ranges, but undeniably, it is now top 10. Mm. You know, it's no longer, you know, something that we just saw during COVID where there was pressures, right, in terms of uh, changes that we had to deal with, you know. Uh, but now we're seeing that widespread and, and, and really intersecting with uh, environmental as well. Yeah, definitely a big issue to be concerned about. So this is going to be important for businesses and, of course, business leaders to take note of. What does it mean for them? What should they do? I think, you know, um, one thing I want to say is, now, I talked about COVID earlier, so the mental health kind of jumping up, right? We, we, a parallel I like to draw is we waited kind of for the global pandemic to drive the digital transformation. And I think we seriously cannot afford for a climate or social crisis to keep us to act. And I think businesses must shift their mindsets today from sustainability being a right thing to do as a cost and risk compliance to one of value creation. I think that's the kind of mindset shift that we need to see from businesses. And obviously businesses, you know, depending on the sector they play, can have different contributions to, you know, the environmental and social concerns that people see and, and fear in the region. Yeah, translating like you pointed out, it's the right thing to do. And by most, I guess, measures, it seems quite common sense. So is there a gap between knowing it's the right thing to do and actually doing it? Yes. 
I think what, and, and from another piece that we've done uh, in partnership with Dentsu, was looking at uh, organizations and, and, and we surveyed marketeers in the region. And, one of, and the challenge we have is also internal value action gap in businesses, right? So they know the right thing to do, but there's quite a lot of barriers as well to kind of fall for business. One is, I mean, upskill in, uh, in terms of ensuring that employees and organizations are ready for that transformation. Um, is one kind of key uh, thing that's holding back. But I think the, the other big challenge is cost, right? And then there's all of, often, I'm sure you've heard of it, you know, who pays for it? Is it a consumer? You know, it is more costly for environmental solutions. You know, if you're going to change the ingredients or the packaging, if you think about environmental specific, then who pays for that? I think that has also been a challenge, and obviously in the current climate, that makes it even harder. However, I think that the color, it is possible, right? and I think that's where we need to, businesses start probably need to think about different ways to um, get to these cost efficiencies, right, at scale. It's not easy, but it can be done. We have seen, you know, um, different business models where they go direct to consumer, where they, you know, there's efficiencies and there's a change, in, a change in terms of how, you know, value, commercial values are created and also, therefore, value that can be created for planet and people. So I think that's one way from a business model. The other one was interesting. Um, I hosted a debate um, last week um, with a range of speakers in the region of marketing and business experience. And, and one side of the debate, on, on one part of the motion, was talking about how marketeers can actually take control. And they can take control of the P&L as well, right? Because hmm. if you think about marketing, you know, we have, there are budgets to kind of run a range of uh, marketing from below the line to promotions to, you know, all sorts of kind of activities. And, and how can we make that budget work harder through zero-based budgeting? And through savings that you, you might get from making your budget work harder, knowing where, you know, how to get the best return for your marketing dollars, those savings could then be put into... Um, radical innovation, right, mm -hmm. for alternative uh, solutions that we can bring to market and also then bring into helping consumers understand through communications what, what it might mean and, and drive that action forward in terms of sustainable lifestyles. Yeah, definitely marketing can play a big role. And talk about marketing, I think this is where greenwashing comes in. You are tracking this very closely. How big a problem is this in the Asia-Pacific region? Pretty big, actually. I mean, we all probably know, right? Uh, over the years, greenwashing is a co constant and common topic. But when we start looking at the stats, quite astonished, actually. This year, and when we look across the region, on average, across sectors, 60% of people in the APEC region have said that they've seen or heard false or misleading information about sustainable actions taken by brands. That's pretty high, 60%, compared to 52% globally. And, you know, that varies by sectors, but, you know, even at the best, you know, I'll call it the best score, right, is at 51% by, you know, um, brands in the category such as pet food. So there's definitely an issue in terms of greenwashing because I think consumers are wary as well when there's so much kind of, you know, talk around that, not necessarily understanding what's mm. real, what's true, and therefore that is also an inhibitor for consumers to take the step forward to adopt what's out there. Yeah, Transin, what's your sense where this is coming from? Is it because companies don't know better and they report wrongly or is it because they deliberately want to mislead consumers? I think it's a, it's a mix. I think the most will be the former. I don't think it's the latter, you know. I mean, like there are. I mean, there are definitely companies out there who are out there to profiteer, right, which 
which is true greenwashing. But I think there's a lot, and what I'm going to tackle is really around the former, right? Where businesses or brands are, you know, serious about and have um, actions and commitments, but the ability to communicate in a way that makes it easy for people to understand, because sometimes it can be too complex, right? There's a lot of jargon still, and, and I've talked about it in the past, but there's too much jargon in here. Consumers don't understand. Consumers don't, it's probably too much for them to, to really navigate. But that is still very common when it comes to sustainability. You know, a corporate language versus a consumer language is very different, but I think very often we still see corporate you know, terminologies, technical terminologies kind of brought into you know, consumer communications. I think that's one, one reason in terms, in terms of the confusion, and sometimes confusion also then leads to thinking that you know, I'm being misled. And, and it is a new and it is a new space, right? It is, it is a transition and it is a transformation that we're going through. And therefore, even businesses and brands are navigating, right? And and they may not necessarily sometimes use the the best way to uh, uh, approach it in terms of communication. And consumers take it the wrong. So I think that it is really a mix. But uh, I think the key thing is there's just so much out there. Consumers mm-hmm. don't know what to trust anymore. And I think what's stark is you know. If I look at different sectors, uh, and we covered over 14 in the region, the sectors that have got the highest scores you know, include sectors like social media. Social media as a sector has the highest score for, for perceived greenwashing or social washing that we've seen in our sustainable sector index this year. And I think that's where, because you don't know, there's, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of truth out there and there's a lot of good that social media can do, but there's also a lot of information that can be misleading and false. And I think that is just perpetuating and, and, and making consumers worry about what's real and, and, and what's not. Yeah, it's a good start to know what the problems are. And I think this is where Kanta's uh, Sustainability Index comes in quite useful to know what are some of the most pressing concerns. And mental health, for the first time, has broken into the top 10. We've been chatting with Trezlin Chan. She's the Head of Sustainability for APEC. Kanta, Trezlin, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.